This is RJ Carbone, and you're listening to BD4. Anthony for three. Bang! That one goes This down. one by Mattingly. Oh, hang on to the RJ Barrett does it again from downtown. He is just tearing the Orioles it's apart. Good. It's good. Randall gets the bounce, and he ties the game. Diesel ducks under. Got it. Creates and shows some dexterity as well with the left hand. Yankees win. The Yankees win. Episode two. This is RJ Carbo of the podcast tonight. What is going on? Hope everybody is doing well. I am your host, RJ Carbone. December, well, technically it's past midnight now. Not too long ago, just got finished watching the Knicks. So, December 15th on a Wednesday morning, early, early morning here as I'm recording this podcast. And as you are listening, it is also December 15th, the very earliest. Um, Yeah, the Knicks continue to lose and we're going to touch on all that. But, um, it's tough. It's tough, especially, you know, we're getting to a point now where it's, it's a large sample size of games. So you can't really use the it's early excuse. You know, usually fans, media, whoever will give their team a little leeway. But we're on December 15th, like I said. The Knicks are 12 and 16, so we're about 30 games through. Almost. Almost 30 games through. You know, we're 30-something percent of the way through the season. You can't use that excuse. You can't use the excuse that, you know, a couple new players to the roster. We're, tr- we're still trying to get some chemistry and gel on the court. That's out the window. That's gone. That's gone. I let you guys know I, I gave the Knicks to the quarter mark of the year. That's well past now. We're at a point where this is probably the team we're going to get. This is the Knicks team we have. And unless they make some major changes, which we're going to get into a little bit later in the show tonight, this is what you're going to get. And this current team, it seems like it's a draft lottery team. Um, and nothing more. You know, Hopefully, if they don't play well this season, they're not one of those teams who hang in the middle, just missed out in the playoffs, but isn't really good enough to... To get a top lottery spot. You know, if we're going to go down this road of being bad, let's continue to just play the kids and be bad instead of just wasting our time being counterproductive playing the vets. And we're going to get into that. Okay, so we're going to get into a few things. Knicks take their fourth straight loss tonight. We'll talk about it all. Welcome to the podcast, guys. Welcome to BD4, where there's no better way. No better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. I'm your host, RJ Carbone. 
If you have not yet subscribed to this podcast, you can do so wherever you get your podcasts. If you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or sponsored by Anchor, then listen to us and subscribe to us and download the podcast there. Share it. You can also find us on YouTube if you want to watch the podcast. Find us on YouTube, subscribe, share, download, like, comment, all that stuff, guys. So welcome to the show. I hope everybody's having a good one today. As you are listening to this again, it should be at least December 15th. It's crazy. Time is... We're almost in 2022. I'm still processing... 2019. A lot of people say they're still processing 2020. I'm still trying to get out of 2019. It's true. As you get older, that shit just flies by. It's 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 crazy. So um. Yep. Also, of course, you guys can follow me on social media: Facebook at RJ Carbone. Instagram at Rob J. Carbone. Fun night tonight at Madison Square Garden. Oh, man. All right. So let's head to our first plug. When we get back from break, we'll get into things. All right. Be right back. Hey guys, so real briefly, before we get deeper into the episode, I realized that on YouTube, only 51% of you who watch BD4 are subscribed. So we should try and change that to make my channel grow, to get the podcast even bigger. So be sure to subscribe to BD4 on YouTube if you haven't yet. So if you guys want to follow me on social media, be sure to do so right now. I'm on Facebook at RJ Carbone, and I'm also on Instagram at Rob J Carbone. Once again, if you want to find me on Facebook, that is RJ Carbone, Instagram at Rob J Carbone. So, I really, I don't like, so when I do these these uh, podcasts for the Knicks, you know, they're supposed to be every two games, and I usually stick to that schedule, schedule. but uh, we actually did recap the Bucks game, we talked about that on, you know, for a little bit, because it was such a bad game, um, in episode 291, so if you really want to hear my thoughts on that, go to 291. I kind of, tonight, just want to jump right into this Warriors game. That's why I'm having an episode tonight. You know, you normally I wait every two games, but I want to talk about this Warriors game. Because it... It was, uh... Listen, we, we knew we weren't going to win. But it, when you consider everything else, it just piles on top, and, and now we've lost four straight, and we're 12-16, and 16, like I said... It just, it's just one more 
you know, it's like taking hit after hit after hit. You know, you're on the ground, you're still taking hits. It, it, it wasn't good. Um, the Knicks gave him a fight, right? And I guess that's like, you can tell it's a bad season once you get to those moral victories. Once you start hearing moral victories again, you could tell things are going wrong. Because we didn't get that shit last year. But now we're starting to use moral victories. And, well, that, that's not a good sign. The Knicks dropped this one 105-96 to to Golden State. And it was a low-scoring affair for the most part. Um, obviously, the Knicks, without R.J. Barrett, Obi Toppin, and now Quentin Grimes, all three of them in COVID protocol. Um, actually, Walt Clyde Frazier also will be out for a few games with COVID. Um, prayers up to him. Hopefully he's okay because I know he's 76 years old. Um, but, yeah, the Knicks were out some, you know, some of their top offensive weapons. And Grimes obviously going for 27 the other night um, at the Garden against Milwaukee. So you would expect low a low-scoring affair. Um, it was a tough start from Julius Randle, from Evan Fournier, surprise once again. Uh, and on the other end, you had Steph Curry setting the record after his uh, second three-pointer of the game in the first quarter. You know, jerk fresh galore. Listen, maybe this is just me and my old-school mentality. I did not love that. I'm a Knicks fan. I'm not trying to sit here and watch the entire garden. And I'm, 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 I wasn't there, but something tells me that a lot of the, the folks standing there with their phones cheering, giving an ovation, were younger Knicks fans. Along with the bandwagon Golden State fans, I'm going to say... A lot of them are Knicks fans, too, with the phones in their hands. A lot of those fans were probably younger. The younger generation of fans. But I'm not going to sit here and, and watch that and see the garden play the organ for Curry, calling a timeout, stopping the game for a few minutes, Allen coming onto the court, giving Hurry an embrace, um, embracing his father, Steve Kerr, Reggie Miller, you know, basically... Basically, you know, singing him a love song on the TNT broadcast. That was too much for me. I get it. He's the best shooter of all time by a wide margin, in my opinion. Uh, what he is, what he did and is doing is unbelievably otherworldly. And I respect the shit out of it. But to me, it was a bit much from the Knicks. Um, I don't stop the game there and play the organ on the Garden Speakers. And I'm not giving an ovation, sure as shit. I had a feeling that would all happen, because this is where we are today. We do shit like this. We're in the era where you jersey swap after every game. You could get beat by 35 points, the pulp beaten out of you, but you'll still jersey swap with the other team's superstar. That's the era we're in. So I was not surprised to see an act like this. But it didn't sit well with me. It did not sit well with me at all. But that happened. Okay, that's besides the point. We got a game to talk about. So Curry hits a couple of three-pointers. He sets the record. Jerk fest galore happens. Um, Derek Rose checked. Uh, he starts. He gets the start. He starts playing well. Um, 
strong out the gate. McBride checks in, sees his first minutes. He has a decent game. You know, first half, we're, you know, we're giving them a fight to a degree. And we even, I think we had a two-point lead at halftime. Score 48 points. Third quarter, though, comes in. Here we go again. Here we go again. The starters left in the game for way too long. And this is kind of where it all goes downhill. Make sure we're good here. Uh, okay. Perfect. Oops. Hold on. Sorry, we were freezing up. We're good. Third quarter of Doom. The starters left. Thibodeau just leaves them in way too long. All hell breaks loose. We end up scoring 16 points in the quarter. And before you know it, we're going into the fourth. You know, on the brink of a blowout. Um, Golden State, their offense torches us in the fourth quarter. 34 points. Our defense is over... Uh, what do you call Our defense is over-rotating. It just doesn't look too good. Um, and then we lose the game by uh, nine points. Overall, we lose the field goal percentage battle. 46% to 36%. I thought that stood out to me. Also standing out was the rebounding battle, of course. Losing it 49-35. to 35. And then, despite Golden State turning it over 12 times, we only score 10 points off those turnovers. Curry gets 22. Wiggins 18. Those were the two leading scores. This team isn't it. This this isn't the Knicks team that we all thought it was. Um, there are people predicting 50 wins. Jesus. It's not it. And I think it's time we stop bringing up last season. I'm a victim of it. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> Shit. Um, you know, but it was 72 games. It was 10 games less. There was no crowd for the majority of the year. Okay, that's a big difference. I can't even explain how big of a difference that is. There is no crowd. It's the COVID season. Some players weren't exactly, you know, taking it serious. There was a different energy with that team, too. That's the biggest difference to me. And you, you'll hear Breen say this a lot. That team had an intensity to them. They had a grit. This team doesn't have that. No, they don't have that identity where you're going into the garden as an opponent and you know, okay, well, we got to step up our game because the Knicks are going to play hard defensively. This team does not play hard defensively. This team is not that team. No. These guys don't show up every night. They're not going to fight you tooth and nail all the time. So the eye test is as clear as day that this team is day and night different. Than last team, despite the similar records at this time, yeah, blah blah blah, yada yada, you know. So the eye test shows you right there. The net rating is probably way worse. I have to look it up. So on paper, I don't even think they're that good statistically, that much better or similar. This is way worse of a team, way worse, and it's not even close to me. Randall and Barrett were playing good last season, even at this time. They're not playing nearly as well. We already have Derrick Rose. Remember, at the, around this time last season, the, mix, the Knicks made that big uh, big trade for Derrick Rose. We already have him when we're still playing poor. This is the team we have. We are what we are seeing right now. 
We're actually worse because after that five and one bing bong start, the Knicks are seven and fifteen, which is worse than losing two out of every three. So this is the team. This is the team we have going forward, and we are going to have to make a trade. I'm not saying, you know, trade the house for Bradley Beal, Damian Lillard, Anthony Towns, anything unrealistic, but we're going to have to do something. We're going to have to make a trade or two, some decent ones, to spark things up a bit here if we are going to continue to try and contend. Okay. This this is going to have to happen. And honestly, yes. I'm still hoping there's a chance for Miles Turner. The offense needs a different look, and he provides us with that. I'm getting sick and tired of, of Mitchell Robinson and his shit body language. His lackadaisical play sometimes on the court. His immaturity on social media, which has been a thing since he came into the league, by the way. It's not just recently with his Instagram story, you know, talking about his plus minus. This has been a thing on Twitter a couple of years ago. Last year he did it. Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat. He does this. He's had an immature problem. Go back and look. Look it up. He's immature. And I'm getting tired of it. Because on the court, he's not backing it up. And there's one thing if you do that and you back it up on the court, but he's not living up to it. I'm tired of looking at the box score every game and seeing Mitchell Robinson, six points, six rebounds, Nerlens Noel, zero points, one block, four rebounds. I am sick and tired of that shit. We need a different look on this offense, and Miles Turner at least provides us with that. So I would, you know what, I would go for it. If the price is right, sure, I would go for it. We have all these bigs who haven't exactly played plus defense either. Okay, so with all the talk on uh, you know, the lack of offensive production from Robinson and Noel, will they at least play great defense? No, I would say they're playing below average defense this season. And on top of that, they can only, and I literally mean only, score at the rim when they do. But in the meantime... Can we play Obi Toppin more once he gets back? It would certainly help. Yes, I know Obi's defense isn't otherworldly either. And yes, his jump shot is certainly not on point yet. But he's a scorer and he does it a lot. He can actually produce double figure points. He can actually do that. He's athletic. He brings you energy and activity to this otherwise completely dead offense. And the Knicks are a plus when Obi Toppin takes the floor. But back to what I was just saying. We have all these interior-minded bigs. Noel, Mitch, Gibson, even Randall can get baskets at the rim. But our offense just doesn't do enough. We need a different, we need a different look. With all these bigs who can score at the rim, I was looking it up. We're still just 25th in pick-and-roll roll-man frequency. 5% of our possessions. And in the role man finishing. We're just 12th in drives per game. Which you know is okay. But when you consider all the bigs we have that can finish. And these penetrating guards. We're 12th in drives per game. Could be a little more. It just seems like this Thibodeau offense is just so standstill and stagnant. We're 29th in cuts. 
We're 23rd in transition. This is frequency. 23rd in passes per game, 27th in assists per game. Now these stats I looked up heading into tonight's game. So they're one game behind. I don't think I'll change that much. But for a team who's not a great passing team, 23rd in passes, 27th in assists, or 14th in turnovers, it's even worse. You know, 14th in turnovers wouldn't look as bad if we were top 10 in assists and in passes, but we're 23rd and 27th in 14th in turnovers. That's terrible efficiency. Terrible. We're 29th in catch-and-shoot attempts per game. And we're first in pull-up jumpers per game attempts. Despite being just 24th in pull-up jumper percentage. Field goal percentage. On our pull-ups. I'm going to read that one again. We're first in pull-up attempts per game. Despite being 24th in pull-up field goal percentage. That is absolutely disgusting. So the numbers, all those numbers back everything we've all been saying up. They back it all up. That the Knicks don't move without the ball. That the Knicks don't move the rock. That they don't get out and run. And to score the ball, they settle far too much. So why not? Why not play the guys who can help you with all that more? Why isn't Thibodeau at least experimenting and doing that more often? Obi moves without the ball. He gets outgoing in transition on the open court. Uh, Derek Rose is a floor general who can get into the paint, score, and pass the ball, pass the ball around the perimeter more willingly than some of these other guards. Emmanuel quickly plays well in transition. He can also get into the lanes and has shown improvement in his playmaking and on defense. Jericho Sims, the last time this man really played was in Atlanta when he was part of that big run. He played really good that game against a tough center like Clint Capella. Really good. He did a nice job rolling, finishing, defending. He had that ridiculous dunk where he went above the rim. His athleticism is off the charts. We're not getting these traits from guys like Robinson and Noel. Robinson's struggling with his conditioning. You see him slow in transition. He barely throws down lobs this year. His guarding in space is not the same. He can't get out on the perimeter and defend. Noel struggling with health issues all year. Basically making him just an extra body thrown out there. He's got no hands. He still can't rebound. He never could. He's giving you nothing offensively. He had zero points in 28 minutes against the Bucks. He played 28 minutes despite not scoring a basket. And his defense has been below average. But we've got Jericho Sims riding the pine for no apparent reason. Just because Thibodeau likes to go with seniority. Kevin Knox scored 18 points, and then he scores 9 points tonight. And I bet you he gets buried the second he has an off game. Grimes, 27 points. He spreads the floor on offense. I like the way he was moving without the ball on Sunday. And he plays hard defense. McBride, he showed up tonight. 9 points versus the Warriors. Step backs, pull-ups. All these guys, they got the shortest leash in the world. Yet Randall out here consistently doing this elbow isolation shit. Too many possessions where he's taking the ball up the floor, dribbling into a double team, turning it over, killing the shot clock, 
and then not running back on the other end, and then having subpar defense when he's in the half court. Another statistic I'll throw at you. I saw this one. I was watching a podcast. They read this one out there. In 99 minutes, now this was heading into today's game, but I'm sure today's game did not help his case. In 99 minutes, entering today, without Randall on the floor since Kemba's benching, the Knicks are plus 10.6 per 100 possessions. Take that as you may. The Knicks defense this season, also entering today, 24th defensive rating. 25th defensive rebounding percentage. 22nd defending fast break points per game. 27th in deflections. The eye test, it shows it too. Leaving way too many open shooters. We consistently mess up our rotations. Constantly over helping from the corners, leaving them wide open. We're not closing out hard enough. It's a mess. Watch the games. You'll know exactly what I'm talking about. We need to shake it up. We need to shake it up. If the trade's not going to come yet, which uh, I think December 15th, actually, ironically enough, is when you can start trading. But uh, still, change it up in-house at least. You know, Fournier is atrocious, man. He's atrocious. Two points tonight for this bum. Not two points in a quarter. Two points in the entire game. He played 29 minutes. He scores two points. His defense sucks too. So not only is he not scoring enough, being extremely hesitant, and what he does shoot, it's some bad shooting, some poor shot selection. He's not playing any, not a lick of defense. He he has a terrible pairing with Randall. They cannot coexist. They don't mesh. So can we see? can we say fuck the politics and see what he looks like with a lesser role? With this second unit, at least. Give Burks or Grimes the two-guard spot. Hell, Kevin Knox is playing better than Evan Fournier right now. Kevin Knox. But instead of all this, instead of playing the kids, you've got Tibbs pulling Obi Toppin after big dunks. You know, after Grimes is 27.9 on Sunday, he says it was only one game, blah, blah, blah. He's going to have to work hard. I thought, I thought Thibodeau was this hard-ass. Right? Where is that? I thought he was this guy who holds people account, players accountable. But right, why is Derrick Rose playing 37 minutes in a blowout versus the Bucks? But McBride sees just 40 seconds of cardio in that game. Or why is Alec Burks playing 39 minutes tonight when he goes 4 for 15? The night after, he had a kid. 48, 29 minutes despite two points. It shouldn't have to take COVID freaking protocol to play one kid. So that's my biggest knock with it. If you haven't noticed, that's my one knock. It's it's the offensive scheme and the rotation. Those are my knocks. You know, I, I think the defense thing is more the players, not the scheme, to be honest with you. Because when you look at the numbers or watch the games, the bench actually executes that scheme a little better than the starters do. But again, it's got to be the minutes thing with me. It's just, it's all about the, the substitutions. That third quarter tonight, the third quarter of this game was awful. 
Fournier and Burks were giving the Knicks zero the entire damn quarter. Not a single sub. He leaves them both in the entire time. We score 16 points, play no defense in the period. No, no, no subs. Nothing. Not even McBride, IQ, Knox, nobody coming into sub. I'm sitting here. What are you doing, dude? What are we doing? If we're Tom Thibodeau, what are you thinking? <clears throat> going to lose my damn voice tonight. It makes you think. Games like this when we're extremely shorthanded. It makes you question if there's a little bit more to this Kemba Walker thing. We'll be right back. So BD4 is on so many platforms to listen to. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud. You can listen to us on Spotify. You can find us on our sponsor, Anchor, and many other listening platforms as well, wherever you get your podcasts. But we are also available to watch on YouTube. So if you want to watch us on YouTube, go subscribe there. But if you prefer to listen to us, again, many many, many listening platforms. Just be sure to subscribe, download, give us a rating, a review, comment, share the podcast, and all that fun stuff. This is BD4, where there's no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks and Nels. Hey guys, I hope you're enjoying this episode. But first, I also want to let you know, I have another blog. The blog I'm writing for is on ultimatesportsnetworks.com titled The Bomber Bocker Blog. If you want to go subscribe to this blog, you should do so using my promo code 6A2841ERJC. Using that, you'd get a discount $7.99 a month to get the best Knicks and Yankees opinionated content around. Once again, guys, The Bomber Bocker Blog on ultimatesportsnetworks.com using promo code 6A2841ERJC 7.99 a month. <laughs> All right, you're listening to <laughs> All right, you're listening to BD4 episode 292 of the podcast if you haven't yet subscribed be sure to do that right now you can find us on apple podcasts spotify um and many more listening platforms or you can watch the podcast on youtube if you haven't yet subscribe download rate review comment like share all that fun stuff makes you think like it's like it's something more to this kemba thing you kind of like what what i'm thinking here it kind of i'm thinking is it something like when Carmelo Anthony was with the Oklahoma City Thunder? When he was in a presser, um, I think it was before the season started, and one of the media, one of the folks from the the individuals from the media in OKC asked Carmelo, how do you feel that you're going to be coming off the bench? And Melo kind of laughed it off, thought he was joking. 
So, you know, are you? I'm thinking, is this Kemba Walker thing one of those start me or don't play me at all things? Like, does he have a hand in this? Is that why he's not seeing the floor at all? You know, he is one of the more respected players in this league. And I'm, I'm not saying that he is the answer. Right? I'm just saying it was a little weird how cutthroat it was. It's, it's you know, they, they not only demoted him from the starting position, but he's not allowed to play at all. He's not even in the rotation. That, to me, is weird. Because it's it's like, why not in games like this see if you can shake it up and get something from your guard? You know? I don't think he's that. I think he's washed. I honestly do. I don't think it'll make a difference. But it just came to mind. Is there is there something more than they're letting on? Because, again, man, that third quarter was absolutely dreadful. But we're still not playing guys like Knox, who had nine points, two for three from three-point land, three for four free throws, a steal, seven rebounds, and he played some good off-the-ball defense tonight. McBride, 8 points, 20 minutes. Like I said, he was scoring off the bounce. Didn't look like a rookie out there. He showed a lot of poise defensively going up against a tough cover in Steph Curry, obviously. He was playing the passing lanes pretty decently. He and Grimes must have sky-high confidence right now in their games. Doing these, you know, having some decent performances against top-tier teams. Championship contending teams. Last couple of nights. They actually asked Derek Rose and his presser tonight. Um, they asked him about how he feels about McBride. And he goes, it took him like 10 seconds to, to find out who McBride is because he's probably thinking, who the hell is that? This guy never plays. I don't know who he is. But um, he goes, I hope Tibbs gives him more time. I thought that was very interesting. I, we all do, Derek. We're at a point where 12 and 16, it doesn't look like it's going great. Why not? Why not? Try and develop these young kids, give them more burn, and see what they can give us. You never know. They play well when they're on the floor. Every single time. They play well. They play very well. They play so much better than these lackluster starters. These vets. Tonight, Randall was still pretty hesitant. Extremely hesitant. Until the second half, where he ended up getting 31 points. But especially in that first half, I thought he was very hesitant. He's still struggling finding that balance between do I want to be this facilitator where I distribute the ball to everybody or do I want to be the guy, the scorer? You know, he's kind of in his own head. Tonight, there was this one possession. He passed up like three different shots in one possession. He had a three-point. He faked it. Took a dribble inside. Had an open mid-range shot from there. Did not take it. Passed it back out. And I think he got it one more time. Didn't shoot it. Might have. But there was a possession where it was at least two. At least two wide open jumpers that he did not take. He passed out. Passed up. So you can see, he's just not there mentally. He's still struggling, trying to figure out what the hell's going on. You can watch his body language. Says it. His pressers, his pressers himself, he, he doesn't look like he's there. But yeah, switch it up. I don't care about politics at this point. I don't care. At the very least, okay, if we're not going to bench someone like Fournier, can we at least start giving him... Why aren't we at least doing the Alfred Payton thing? Can we give him the Payton treatment? Where we have a short leash on him. If he's pulled, 
If he's playing poorly in like the first four minutes of the first quarter, pull him. Pull him. Can we at least do that? Because that might not have the stain that a benching does. I get the benching thing, right? Oh, give the stain to your organization. I don't agree with it. Blah, blah, blah. But okay. Why can't we, you know, bench him, you know, in disguise? He doesn't look good out the gate. We bench him. We plug him in later. We go with somebody else. And if that somebody else starts playing well, they keep playing. And it doesn't look as bad. At least give him the patent treatment. I just don't understand why we're so hell-bent on this whole seniority idea. This whole, the kids gotta sit, they gotta prove us more than the vets do, despite the vets never, you know, or rarely, very rarely, outperforming the, the, the youth. I don't get it, man. So I would love, love, love Miles Turner, man. Some kind of trade, some kind of shake-up. I, I am all for Miles Turner at this point. I, I Again... You know, it's going to take, you know, going to have to be our price. Um, I'm not willing, I don't know that I'm willing to give up quickly and or Toppin yet. Those guys, I'm really high on, especially Toppin, what he's doing this year. But I'm tired of Mitch, his whole shtick, acting like a high school athlete on social media, just immature. I'm, I'm tired of him not producing, tired of looking at the box score in the center category and seeing these single-digit efforts and points, if even, and, and, you know, six or less rebounds. And just because they get a block or two, we're hyping them up. I'm tired of that shit. Get me a stretch five. That would be wonderful to have Miles Turner. Is he the, the, the most necessary piece? No. But he gives the offense a different look, and he makes the Knicks better today than they were yesterday. So get me Miles Turner if you have to. With the right price. Um, speaking of trades, <sighs> yep, I'm going to go there. I don't want to spend too much time talking about this kid because uh, I just don't want to. Obviously, there's a lot of talk on Ben Simmons. There has been all season. It's starting to pick up now with trades opening up tomorrow. First off, I want to say that Ben Simmons is a very nice player. And he actually, he, he checks a lot of boxes for the Knicks. He does. He's, you know, he checks the playmaking box. Rebounding getting into the paint and scoring transition play and he brings you obviously uh defense so those one two three four five things right there ben simmons will give you so there's a lot of things he does good for this team you know and i keep thinking of that and i'm like hmm, maybe you know but then again i think about the, the negatives he's obviously got some mental health issues right now um, and he's got a little prima donna in him. He's being a little sensitive, you know, quitting on his team, pouting on the sidelines because he's in trade rumors, not playing. Do we want somebody with this with this mentality in NYC? Do we really want that? Someone with Markel Fultz syndrome who cannot shoot, refuses to work on his shot. As a freaking point guard, your lead freaking ball handler, not even attempting jump shots outside of the painted area. Do we really want that? Do we want, you know, Alfred Payton 2.0? I know he's better. Yes, I know. But I, I just, 
shooting to me is something you need, and it's you're you're basically putting a center at point guard with guard skills, except for shooting. He can't shoot worth a shit, is what I'm saying. We don't want that. He's going to be a, a liability at the end of games. We see how much of a liability he is in the playoffs. Did you see him in the postseason? Do we really want that? I can't believe some Knicks fans actually really, really want this guy. He can't shoot worth of shit. And he won't and he won't work on it in practice or the game. He doesn't and won't. You can't get that from a point guard in today's game. In today's game, you want that as a point guard? Your lead guard? And on top of that, for this price, we're going to be paying the rest of his $33 million this year. Then $35 million next year. $37 million the year after that. And then $40 million on the final year of his deal. So you got the contract. And you take into account, you're making a trade with Daryl Morey. A win-now GM who gets whatever the hell he wants. So he's going to be asking for the King's Ransom. I read an article in The Athletic. I think it was Woj who put it up there. Saying that he's asking for an all-star player and or two plus first round picks. And I'm thinking that, you know, with the Knicks. So you know it's not going to be Julius that's in this deal. We just extended him. And the whole point of kind of, you know, traded, trading for someone like Simmons is to get Julius going. So he's not going to be in the deal. But it's going to take, you know, if, if you consider Julius and his contract is not in it, then it's going to take a lot of that roster. It's going to take the Knicks having to gut that roster, plus a boatload of picks as well. But yeah, to make this, you know, to match salaries, we're going to have to gut a lot of this roster. Fournier's contract is going to have to be in there. Kemba's $8 million will be thrown in there. Maybe Kevin Knox. Uh, RJ might even have to be in there. One of OB and IQ might be in there. Plus, at least four first-round picks. Um, so, I don't know if there's a rule. I, I think I heard somewhere that there's a rule that you can't trade consecutive first-round picks, so we can't do that freely. We have to kind of maneuver. We have a lot of picks anyway, but I don't want to give up that much, pay that much for Ben Simmons. I'm not doing that for a guy who cannot shoot and has not really upped his game or proven himself. Right? Over the course of his career, he's had a lot of good scorers, shooters. He's had Embiid, um, Tobias Harris. He's had Jimmy Butler by his side, J.J. Redick, Danny Green, Seth Curry, Shake Milton, Dwight Howard off the bench for him. He's had a lot of good scorers by his side. But his teams are never winning in the playoffs. I'm not doing this for a guy who cannot shoot the ball. That's that's my that's my drive home point. I'm not paying all this money and getting rid of all these future assets for a guy who cannot shoot the basketball. It's bizarre to me how people want him this bad. And I don't think it'll happen. It's just not the Leon Rose way. You know, when has Rose ever shown that he's very eager? Usually he tries to be savvy and patient. And there's also the whole CAA versus clutch sports politics thing going on. But I mean, could you imagine the after effect of it all? If you want to trade for Ben Simmons, could you imagine the after effect? You got your roster. You got your future picks. To build around Randall and Simmons. Randall and Simmons as your core? <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're talking LOL Knicks. 
That's it right there. Get the hell out of here. So yeah, if we're talking trades, I want Miles Turner before I want anything else. No, realistically, that's the most realistic option out there, and that's the one I want if we're talking trades. I'm tired of Mitch. But I don't want Ben Simmons. As much as we want a point guard, we're going to have to wait. We're not getting Ben Simmons. I don't want Ben Simmons. But this team does need a shakeup. They need to get it going. So do something. Right. We have to make a trade. We do have to make some trades. Okay, even if it's for some role players. Even if it's not Miles Turner. We have to make a trade. But in the meantime, we've got to shake up this lineup more. Get Rose at the starting point guard spot. I want Burks at the two. I want RJ at the three. Randall and Mitch to round it out. Off the bench, I want Grimes, McBride in there somewhere. Fournier, throw him on the bench. Get Kemba back in the rotation if you can. I don't fucking know, but that starting lineup is what I want, and I want to see Grimes get consistent rotation minutes. He's your first-round draft pick. Kevin Knox, hell, get him in there. He's produced some more than Fournier. I don't care at this point about politics. Sit Fournier if you need to. I don't care. Get him out of the starting lineup at the very least. Look, I have a lot of respect for Thibodeau. I like him. I'm not one of those guys who want him fired. But to say he's been great this season, no. I don't think he's been coaching this team very well this season. I, I think he's had a lot of issues this year. The rotation is, is starting to show. You know, last year we got away with those robotic rotations because the team played hard every night, okay? So this year they're not exactly doing that. And Thibodeau isn't getting away with it. So that's my take. Wrapping this thing up with the NYY NYK question of the day. Last time in 291, I asked you guys, um, in 1995, which way did Pat Riley infamously leave the team? And the answer to that question is by fax. He did it by fax. Um, F-A-X, fax. Um, this question, tonight's NYY NYK question of the day for episode 292. I want you to name the four teams the Knicks faced. In their 1998-1999 playoff run. In order. Name the four teams the Knicks faced. In the 1998-99 playoff run. In order. Alright so let me know on Instagram or Facebook. And I'll give you a shout out in the next episode. Guys thank you for tuning in to this episode of BD4. I am your host RJ Carbone. And I'll see you next time. Ciao. This episode was brought to you by Anchor, the best way to make a podcast. It's podcasting made easy. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to begin your own podcast. 